Welcome everyone to Grow With Purpose, where we speak to entrepreneurs, business owners, experts of all different fields about their story and how they are creating impact in the world. And today we are with someone who is creating impact. Welcome, Ibrahim. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm super, super excited for this conversation and um, I'm looking forward to this one. Definitely, really excited. Definitely. Man, also looking forward to it, you know, just be able to see how much already you are doing, right? I'm just excited to hear where your story goes, right? Where where you're coming from and everything. So let's maybe start there, right? Who is Ibrahim? How would you define yourself? How would I define myself? Ooh, that's, that's an interesting one. That's a powerful question. No one's ever asked me that. How would I define myself? Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of people. I love to see people excel. I love to see people grow, you know, so when they grow with purpose podcast, and I think, you know, growing with purpose is everything, you know, there's got to be a purpose, there's got to be a meaning behind everything that you're doing. And, and I'm a big, 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 big believer in that, you know, so for example, I'm always talking about goal setting and having a vision, you know, visualizing exactly where you want to be. Um, and that's really where the purpose comes into it, because that's going to drive you. That's going to ensure that you also know where you're heading. You know, I always use the sat nav analogy. So if you're, you know, if you get into your car, and you just start driving, then you're really heading nowhere, you know. But once you put that that postcode, we call it in the UK, the postcode into the sat nav, now there's a destination, now there's a purpose, there's a reason why you're driving, and that's a, that makes a massive, massive difference between those who actually get to that final destination and those who don't. But just to give you some context in terms of you know who I am, my background, and things like that, I was you know I'm an African child. I was born in Nigeria, born and bred. Until the age of 14, you know, when I moved here to the UK. So I now currently live in the UK. I'm currently in London. And, you know, people always ask me, like, what was that trip like coming over to the UK? It was, it was very, very exciting, right? Because, you know, you're, you're in this environment where, you know, you haven't really got all of the things that you want in life, right? And the vision, you know, what they sell to us when we're coming over here is <laughs> everything that you want in life is, you know, on the other side of that plane trip, that, that flight. Um, you know, as time grows, you kind of realize mm, maybe, maybe it's not quite the same yeah, dream. Yeah. But, you know, we're watching all these films and watching these movies. So I was super, super excited to actually come over here to the UK. Uh, you know, but very quickly, probably about three years after three, three and a half years of being in the UK, you know, I found myself homeless in the streets of Cambridge. You know, when you look at those juxtapositions, Cambridge, probably one of the most affluent, wealthiest, you know, cities in the world. Um, and I'm in this city homeless. You know, how does that happen? But nonetheless, that's really where I found myself. And I always, I always kind of take it back to this very, very specific day. And it was October in 2006. And I'm, I'm in this garage, this, you know, box, you know, where people put their rubbish, you know, they got, it's like a shed, you know, got bikes, they got boxes, they got bags of, you know, dumping the stuff in there. And just in one corner, you know, you've got a cardboard box, you've got a duvet, mm-hmm. and this is my home, yeah. right? Now, on this particular night, it's just, it's, you know, October in the UK is cold, right? It's windy, it's raining, it's wet, and there's just a little, you know, gap between the bottom of the door and the floor of the garage. Mm-hmm. Now, the wind is blowing the rain through that crack. And my duvet's getting wet, right? And I, I'm laying there like this and I'm, I'm just embarrassed. Because the reality is, I, I've always known that I had this thing within me. I've always known that I've had the ability to really achieve whatever it is that I wanted to achieve. I knew that I was destined for greater things. 
But nonetheless, everything that I had done in my life up until this point had gotten me to where I was. Mm. And I'm homeless. And it was that night that I said to myself, this is not going to be my life. Like I made that statement. Amazing. This is not going to be my life. And it was the very next day, the first time in my life that I decided to actually reach out for help, you know, and ask someone for help. And that happened to just be, you know, the one person who I knew had always believed in me. Even when I was, you know, acting a fool in school, running around doing madness, he would always yeah. say, like, what are you doing? Like, you can do so much more. You're wasting your life. You're wasting your talent. So I was hoping it would help me, you know, and that was my teacher, you know, Mr. Adams. Mm. And he didn't let me down. Just under two years from that very day, you know, I made it to university, yeah. right? Now... That's really where my journey started. Now, look, I always say, you know, I did wish he told me I was going to be coming out of uni with over £40,000 worth of debt, right? He didn't tell me that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world, you know, yes. because it was that journey that set me. It wasn't about making it to uni. It was about the discipline, the understanding, the focus, the purpose, knowing there's a reason why I was going through all of these things I was going through to ultimately get to the final destination and being able to stick with that process. Yes. You know, that was the real lesson that was learned you know in that journey and i would never change that for the world wow man you you've started us off so well right <laughs> and i think people already you know we've just started by i hope people are already inspired by just the transition the transformation that you've gone through right and to see you here smiling joyful and passionate is such a pleasure for me and so inspiring to me honestly and i hope it's also the same for our audience and everything and, you know, I'd love to know what was something that you think has helped you the most, right, from being homeless, right? What is that period? Because it's a difficult period, especially something that a lot of people don't experience. Yeah, right? I, 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 I've got the perfect answer yeah. because, you know, this is something that I do a keynote speech on and I always relate it back to, you know, being homeless. And Tony Robbins says, things happen for you or not to you. And if you're able to, in those moments, just have that realization, the way you're processing what's happening is going to be very, very different. And then you're able to take the positives out of it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say I was able to in those moments, but what I did realize at a later stage is that these things were actually happening for me. Because I made my way up to working for an investment firm in the city of London. You know, London's the financial capital of the world. So, you know, being in a privileged position to be working for an investment firm in the city, it's a great privilege. But the one thing, the one reason why I really excelled in that position was my ability to network. You know, we were working with some of the wealthiest people on this planet. You name it, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, South Africa, you, you name it. We were working with some of the wealthiest people. Now, being able to build relationships with these people was the most important thing because you had to, they had to know you, they had to like you, they had to trust you. Obviously, you had to be competent, but first you had to build those relationships. And it was something that came very easy and very naturally to me. And I was wondering, like, why is this? Like, I didn't understand. But what I've now come to understand is when you're homeless, the one thing that you're good at is networking, right? Because every single day, you need to build relationships. How am I going to feed myself today? Where am I going to sleep tonight? Can I, can I build a relationship with someone that will allow me to stay on the sofa? Someone that's going to give me some lunch, someone that will give me some food. Like, how do I make that every single day? So your ability to build relationships is just heightened. Yeah, now, you might not realize that in those moments, but that's definitely the biggest lesson, you know, I learned was the ability to, to build relationships and the ability to influence.
man i i love honestly everything that you're saying right because i couldn't agree more the fact that you were in this position where every day you were pushing at it every day whether you wanted it or not you had to build that relationship has now helped you so much and so i couldn't agree more when you're saying that power of networking right and also the certain environment that you're in because as you mentioned is right you were in this investment firm surrounded by all these people that were doing incredible things right so one way or another if you just reach out if you just have the right conversations right and build the right relationships something will happen to you so so let me maybe take take it back to those that period where you're working with investment men you're speaking to all these people is there like a conversation with one person that stuck with you and that has maybe helped you to get to where you are right now yeah yeah um i remember i i, I wish i remember his name i wish i remember his name doesn't know me hasn't seen me physically we're on the phone and in my relationship with him in the way that i'm dealing with him in the way that i'm coming across with him he said to me he said why are you doing this for someone else and he just it kind of took me back a little bit because as soon as i heard those words i agreed with him yeah. i knew that i was playing less than what i could be i agreed straight away as soon as i heard it but obviously the calls are recorded <laughs> so, so, so you can't be talking in Nigeria. we say you can't talk anyhow like you can't just be talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't just be talking Robbie. so you know you kind of play the game and said yeah no i enjoy what i'm doing i understand where you're coming yeah. from but the, all of this you know you kind of platitude but but he would he would speak to me every time we speak he would talk about you know the the you know the the power in being your own boss, what you're doing, he's, he's telling me about his life. He's not at the age where he's, you know, he was 70 plus and he's living his best life and he's not really doing anything. And now it's just more about consolidating his world and putting his money in these different places. He's yeah. got, you know, young, ambitious people around him that he's kind of helped coach and mentor into, you know, into places where they're not running their own businesses. I think he was, he almost kind of saw like one of his students in me. I think he felt like he really wanted to sort of take me under his wings and mentor me because I think, when you get to a certain stage in your life, that's what you get pleasure from, right? Like seeing these rough diamonds and brushing them off and creating them into this. You know, I get that now and I'm nowhere near his age. So I can only imagine, you know, what he was thinking when he kind of came across me, he probably took a liking to me. Um, but, but, but that was where it started. That seed was planted in my mind. You're playing below your level, right? You're playing below your level. That's that 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 was a really really key conversation for me because the thing is when you're in this environment and it's just day to day yeah. and you're going from nine you know nine to five doesn't exist in these places right you, you know we're, we're working round the clock round the clock round the yeah. clock round the clock and the very thing that you're working hard for which for me was family freedom so my kid will never ever even understand the sort of conditions that I've come from that would even even crow, like, what does that even look like. Right, that's why I'm working hard. But that very same thing is actually what you sacrifice when you're in these environments. You don't have the time to spend with family to do the things that you want to go to, to go on the holidays and to live the life that you truly want, right? It, it's a weird cycle that you're doing it to attain this thing, but the very nature of you doing this means you can never attain this thing, right? So it's a, that's why they call it the hamster wheel. Man, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, even to keep going on what you're saying, Right. Is this thing of, okay, before even deciding, okay, I want to be my own boss, I want to work for someone or anything is why do you want to do it? 
right? I think I yes. think that's what you were speaking really uh, previously about with this thing of visualization, visualizing yes. what you want to do, why you want to do it, right? That purpose behind everything. And so, you know, my my take on things is, of course, I think entrepreneurship is amazing, and I d- also don't think it's for everyone, right? We can't yeah. work without employees, but I think yeah. it's maybe more important for people. To, and, I, and I'd love to hear your take on this, right? But more important for people to be like, okay, you know what? I'm fine working for this person, but I know that for myself, I'm going to invest in this, this, and this, right? For that financial security already. So that if one day I'm like, okay, I don't want to work for you anymore, I have the flexibility to say I'm fine because I have this financial, I've made these investments and I can take the time off, right? So in making the decision of, okay, I'm going to work for someone, I think it's also important for us to be able to say, I'm going to work for you, but you don't own me, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. But, 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 but again, that's, that's, that's difficult. I, th- I think that's, yeah, I think, yeah. you, know, you know, in my position, I think that's like you're, you're playing the safe, you're in the mid-range, and that mid-range, you know, they, they, they actually say that the middle class is the, is the worst class to be in because you're not quite under the fire, you feel comfortable. It's not quite hot. You know, when you're in the working class, when you're poor, it's like when, you, when you're homeless, there's nowhere else to go, bro. It's like yeah. you've got to do something about it. There's something you're waking up to every single day that gives you dissatisfaction. Something that if you channel in the right way, you're like, I've got to get away from this, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in that middle zone, you, you, you think you're comfortable. You think you've got power, but actually you don't. That's a dangerous place to be yeah. because when that rug gets pulled from underneath you, you don't see it coming. It's unexpected oh, yeah. and there isn't really a safety blanket and you don't have that, that zeal within you yet. Now, once that, once that safety blanket gets pulled, maybe you're going to all of a sudden develop that zeal, you know, once. but in those moments, you don't, yeah. you don't really have that zeal, you know, to that hunger to say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go and challenge it and make it happen for myself because, what your intentions are is not the intentions of the boss. Of course not. Yeah. Now, obviously, depending on what business you're working for. So you can say, okay, well, I want to do all of this and have my own autonomy, autonomy my own freedom. Well, go start your own business then. We're looking for killers here. Yeah. We're looking for grinders. We're looking for people who are going to give us the sweat, blood, sweat, and tears to allow this to happen. And I can understand that being a business owner, right? I understand it now. I think differently. I always say to my staff, like, look, you know, I will support your ambition, right? But while you're here, you've got to give me 100%. And as long as I can see that, I will help you achieve what you want to achieve. We'll put a plan together and we'll work towards that, yeah, right? So for me, that's the way that I see it because even if they are going to get replaced, then the likelihood is, first of all, they're probably going to create business in an, environment, in an area that they're already working with me. So maybe there's a collaboration that could be done, right? That's one thing. But secondly, before they leave, they, you know, there's going to be a plan for them to replace themselves with someone because I've worked with them. There's going to be that mutual respect between us. So that's the way that I view things. But nonetheless, for an employer, if they're paying those wages, then they're not really looking for you to come in and be comfortable and say, oh, you don't own me now. You don't want to own someone, mm-hmm. but the reality is as long as you're working for someone, you can't fool yourself and yeah. feel that you own yourself. You're done, no, right? No, not. Yeah. And also, I love the fact that, you know, you're also pushing your employees to have that own ambition, right? To make sure that, hey, guys, what do you want to create? And so I think maybe that's what I wanted to touch on a bit of before of like, okay, look, I'm happy working with you, right? But understand I'm also creating and willing to create my own thing, right? That if you don't that. want me anymore, if, as you mentioned, like pull it under under the rug, I'm still going to land. I'm going to land softly, right? I think that's uh, what I would love for people. You know, I'd love to see more, even whether it's for myself, whether it's for other people around me, right? To know that we don't have to be defined by our career. We don't have to be defined 
by that job. Yeah, go ahead. No, I absolutely love that because um, I can't remember who said it now. I wish so I could actually give them the credit for it. But they were talking exactly about this. You know, so employers will say they want A players. But the reality is those A players that you're looking for, they've got their own goals, their own ambitions. You have to be willing, you know, to find a middle ground where you're working with them. They, look, whether you work with them or not, they are going to be working towards their things, right? Towards their own things. Because they're A players. That's what they are. You're an A player. You've got your own thing. They're A players. They're going to be looking for their own thing. Yeah. So you can either try to cage them or you can say, hey, look, I want you to keep flying. When you're ready to burst, that's fine. Let's just have that conversation at that point. See if there's a way we can work together. But what employers want is to find those A players and then put them in a cage and expect them to still express themselves in the greatest versions. It's not possible. Right, it's not possible. Absolutely not, man. And, and so I'd, I'd love to hear what has, what was your experience, you know, working with the investment firm and how you were able to learn from them? Because I'm sure, you know, that experience, again, being around people, being around that type of organization, you're now able to take those skills and those experiences and apply it to your own business, right? Talk to me a bit more about that. Yeah, great question. What I learned is discipline. Mm. What I learned is being thorough. And I bring that to my business now. You know, when I'm coaching my students, I'm always telling them that never be lazy in research. Because the one thing when you're working with, first of all, some of the wealthiest people on the planet, the one thing they demand from you is, first of all, your time. That's just, that's just how it is. They demand your time. But they demand accuracy. They demand data. If you're asking them to make a decision, you know, these people want to talk about decisions. It's a million pounds investment. It's two million. It's 10 million. We, we need, why, why? Why am I listening to you? Why am I making this decision, right? And you have to be accurately be able to present them with the information, with the data to do that. And I think that diligence, you know, that 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 diligence, that never being lazy in research, that always finding and putting yourself in a position where whatever questions you're being asked, you know you can define the answers accurately based on the research that you've done. And, you know, and once you've got that that safety net, once you've got that backbone of the research then you're really able to do anything because then when you can speak confidently, then when, you know, you're, you, you can challenge someone, you can challenge them, say, Hey, look, I know you're the investor. I know you're going to be the one making the decision, but you know, I'm the expert. It's the reason why you've come to me. I'm based on my research, based on my information. I'm telling you, this is the right path for us to go. Ultimately it's going to be a decision, but I'm telling you, this is where we'll go. Yeah. Why? Because if they challenge me on that, why the hell should I listen to you? I can say, well, based on X and Y, you know, present the information, have a look at this. You know, when this has happened before, this is what happened. And then that happened. And I believe if we make this decision right now, this is a possible trajectory that we can go on as well. Mm, okay, fair enough, Ibrahim. Can't really argue with that. Do you know what I mean? Course, now, yeah. They can still decide to go in a different way, but they understand the argument, right? And you're never going to look at full. So I think that diligence in doing research and putting yourself in a position where you have confidence mm. to be able to challenge people who perceive to be in a, in a higher position than yourself yeah. is, is something that I learned. Yeah, and I learned that they would respect you for doing that as well. Yeah, def def definitely. And I think, you know, that thing that you talk about, about research and the quality of data can even be taken to people's own business. So, right, do you do, you do the research on your own business, on yourself, right? It's not great. It's not to be in a great position when someone questions you about your own thing, about your own service, and you're not able to answer it, right? So it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, right. It is okay. Look, this is what I'm presenting. I'm trying to get, for example, investments. So I'm trying to get a client. As simple as that, right? So you know, even even for us, right, with our agencies, when we have to get in clients, right, we have to first think, okay, 
before we even try to think about what they need, who they are, and do the research on them, what about us? Where are we right now? Where do we want to go? What is good about us? Where is our weakness? You know, all these small things that we can be honest and say like, okay, we're good at this. We're not good at this. Right? Mm. And confidently being able to say that. So I'd love to hear from you, right? As your business right now, what importance have you seen of getting to know what's good about your business and what's not good? So what's working and what's not working? Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's difficult to say because... What's working is growth. What's working is growth. The ability to grow or scale the business, and and that's really happening organically in a in a in a really really interesting way. Because again, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, that you understand, that you've done the research, and it becomes very very easy to you know to convince people to come on that ride and that journey with yourself. You know, so it's been easy to work with investors, to work with landlords. You know, from the coaching side, it's really been easy to attract students to to want to come to the business. But I think on both ends, it's really you know working not on the operational because you know when you're doing something and you're scaling, there's there's a different there's a different infrastructure that now needs to come in to to sustain and to maintain that growth. And I think you know that's that's probably the thing that needs to come in. Amazing, amazing. and it's great that as I mentioned, you already know this about you, right? So now yeah. even that growth is only going to be made easier because you already identified. Okay, we're doing well. This this is what's working, but then these are areas for improvements. Right, so I, I find that I find that brilliant. And so, as a business owner, what do you think has been the most rewarding? And can you even maybe talk about a story with a client or investor that has just made you, or that has confirmed why you're doing what you're doing? Yes, you know, there's two sides. So from from my actual property business, so I do, you know, what I do is I've got my property business, and then I do coaching and mentoring in, you know, in showing people how to do the same thing that I do as well. So from the property business side of things, it's you know, it's working with a landlord who's had his property vacant for the last couple of years. You know, he's sick of it. Don't want to get this anymore. I'm sick of tenants. I'm probably going to sell this property. It's not going to generate that much income. And we've come in, you know, we've tripled what the market rate of this property actually would be. So if he was generating an income, you know, from the property on a traditional rental, we've tripled what he would actually be receiving. But now he's completely hands off. He hasn't seen that property in months the property is generating a higher income than it ever would have done before, but also the property is always in top conditions. Every single time, whenever he wants to go and view the property, it looks great. And he is just, he's the biggest advocate for us and what we do. And I just love that because we've been able to really impact him um, in that way. So that's from that side of things. And from the coaching side of things, it's just always great when you see students growing and getting the results, right? Because for me, um, this is talking about purpose. I started this because I saw what was happening in the coaching industry. You know, I've got, you know, really, really good background in coaching. I was working for, you know, the second largest um, coaching firm, property coaching firm in the UK. And I saw a lot of things that were just wrong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. And I saw a lot of people, 80, 85 percent of people coming through those doors look like me and you, my friend. Yeah. I'm talking black. Right. And I'm seeing these people putting their hard earned money into these coaches and getting nothing back in return. The infrastructure to allow them to get results. Yeah. Zero. I'm talking people spending £30,000 for mentorship and at the end of the year have gotten zero properties, zero results, zero deals. This is insane to me. So I wanted to change that. You know, my goal in the industry is really to change that and to start defining coaching based on results. You know, so for me to be a young, you know, coaching business and to, you know, see the results that we've had in the past six weeks, you know, we've only been going for six and we haven't even launched yet. We haven't officially launched, wow. but we've now had students within my academy who have been with other coaching companies and have spent 
tens of thousands of pounds with this girl. So let's give you two examples. One kid being one of a company for a year. Mm-hmm. Now, in that year period, he secured two properties. Within just four weeks of being with me, he doubled his portfolio, which means he's, he's, he's secured another two properties. Amazing. In four weeks, as opposed to a year. Yesterday, yesterday, he just posted, I, I almost want to get the message up, right? But yesterday, he just posted in the group that he has just secured another property. So in six weeks, so this is the sixth week of the coaching program. In six weeks, he secured three properties, something I couldn't do in a whole year. Why is that? Because of the infrastructure, the support. So seeing the excitement that he comes with is just incredible. And then I've got this other lady who, you know, she spent £30,000 and the last eight months has been zero deals. In her first two weeks with me, she secured her first property. And a week after that, she secured another property. Again, what's the difference? It's, first of all, the knowledge, the strategy that we're adopting is very, very unique and different in the industry, but then also the support that these guys are actually getting. When people invest, they want to see results, you know, but sometimes the reason why they're investing is because they don't know where to go. They need that help. They need that mentorship. What a lot of these coaches get wrong is, oh, no, you invested in me. It doesn't mean you don't have to do the work. You still got to do all the work. Yes, that's fine. But they need to be there. You need to be there for them. You need to be holding them accountable. You need to present to them, hey, are you doing the work? They feel like, oh, they should just have that innate motivation. No. The reason why they're coming to you, the reason why they're investing in you is maybe they haven't got that innate motivation. It's up to you to bring that out of them, hold them accountable, and then give them the strategies to actually go out and get the results. And I think that's where this coaching industry have got it wrong, right? Um, so that's really what I'm trying to fix. That's brilliant, man. And, and honestly, I applaud you. Right, because of just the results that, and I'm sure you could continue with this, right? I, I have no doubt. That 100%. You we haven't launched, which is <laughs> crazy. That, that's, that's absolutely exactly. You haven't even launched yet, right? And, and I find that so amazing that you're able to help these people, you know, get out of a position that they used to be in, where, for example, going from zero properties, invested $30,000, right, to now having the properties that she has. That's absolutely amazing. And, you know, and I'm sure that just makes you so much more happy and fulfilled i would say right of honestly what it's, you're doing it, and... it makes me give like the, the, the truth is you know in terms of what i charge for my coaching the truth is the value they're getting is 10 times more because i've been inside the belly of the beast i know exactly the sort of figures people are charging i know the type of service they're getting but when i see results like that and i see the reaction that the students give when they get these results bro you don't understand how that makes me feel it's like this I, I, is what is possible in people's lives. Exactly. This is what I want for everyone. I, I, I can I agree more because, like, you know, even even for us, like, with our agencies, when we have one person that comes in with us, it's like, you know, in the past, they've spent thousands of dollars on ads or whatever it might be to generate clients and everything. And we can come in in one event, in one event that we set up for them and they can make $30,000. We're like, Poof, okay, you know, something's working, nice. right? In one day, yeah. you can generate that much. That's brilliant. Right, where you you know you can go from not even touching six seven figures six figures in a whole year to touching six figures in one month. When we have one a client that does that, like I mean, we can only keep doing what we're doing, right? We can only Absolutely. keep trying to fine tune our strategies, fine tune our operations and our team to you know just as you mentioned, provide the most value. Because as you said, it's like you know, for all we know, I think both of us right now, maybe we could be charging ten times, and people might pay, but the fact of that is that we wouldn't be able to create the impact at the scale that we probably want to create right absolutely Where, as you mentioned like you know if you drop the money and i still get a smile from a client right of what they've been able to do the success they've been having i'm okay 
You know, at a certain point is that this thing of money, money, chasing money, ah, you still have to provide the value. As you mentioned, you still have to be there for, for people and everything. And, you know, I think you've put it so well, right? So I'd, I'd even love to know, right, in your process of creating the business that you have right now, getting the clients that you have, what has your support system been, right? Because I'm sure you haven't done it on your own. I'm sure you've been able to learn and everything. So tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have learned in terms of support system. It, it depends what you mean. Systems, like tools, yes. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much doing this, you know, by myself at the moment, you know, as 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 things, as we grow and scale. I mean, I've got a team, don't get me wrong. Um, I've got a team in terms of, you know, helping the infrastructure and putting things together. But um, in terms of my support system, is that what you mean? In terms of a yeah, team, what are you talking about? You know? with, with yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a team. Yeah, I've got yeah, definitely. I've got a team. I've got a team. Uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate to work with some of the best, um, some of the best, like, as I mentioned, where, where I was working before. So um, there's a lot of knowledge that comes off the back of that, you know, that, that we're not implementing into what we do. But um, yeah, the team, the team's great. And, and and that's only, again, like I said, we've been going for six weeks, right? Mm. So it's a new team as well, but I've been quite fortunate. I'm very, very rigorous in the um, in the, in the interview process. So, um, but, you know, that, that yields the results that we've got. So uh, I'm pretty happy with the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, I think it's been good that you're rigorous because, you know, you're going to be working with these people and, you know, whether it's business, whether it's just in life, I think we spoke about it a bit about the quality of the environment that you have around you, the quality of the community, right? This, I think maybe in high school, people know of this person that had, you know, 20, 30, 50 friends but never had deep relationships, right? Mm. Or these people that have, you know, thousands and thousands of followers, but none of them are turning into clients, right? So I think what you touched on right there is the quality of the relationships, right? That, that, that is so important. So I you know I, I love that for you, honestly. And I, I can only wish that your business continues to grow as it should, right? Thank you, bro. And, I appreciate and, yeah, that. Because even just having this conversation with you has been such a pleasure you know, learning about what you do, how you do, how you do it. And also more than anything, I hope our audience can feel it, but I can see the passion. I can hear the fashion and it is amazing. And, and so I'm sure you're also transferring this passion and this energy and this drive to your students and to people globally. And hopefully we're even doing it through this podcast right now. Right? Amazing. So, it's been wonderful speaking to you, but before we even end this conversation, I'd love to ask you three final questions that I ask, you know, our guest. Uh-oh, right. here we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you had a billion dollars, billions of dollars, unlimited resources, what would you do with it? Ah, oh, I mean, look, it's simple. As much as I'm a capitalist, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm driven financially, it's not for anything to do with me. I'm good. That's the truth. Like I'm, I'm, I'm alright. Like so, it's not, it's not to do with me. But there's so many things, bro. I come from poverty, bro. You know, that's the truth. I come from poverty. There's so many people, more talented people, that I left back home. That I know if they just had an ounce of, you know, the resources that I've got, they would be even further than me. And that's just the truth. So I think just being able to go back home and create opportunities, really, what I want to do is that to take the brain drain back home in the right direction now. Right, because a lot of that 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 brain is being drained from Africa, is being drained and brought you know over to the West. I want us now 
to start taking what we've learned here, the resources we've got, let's start going back, let's start investing back home and really start to create opportunities for people back there because ultimately once Africa gets its act together, it's, it's, it is going to change the world, right? It is going to change the world. You know, for me, that's just a given. So I think that's that's where a lot of my resources will focus for sure. Amazing, amazing, right? And I have honestly the same drive. So it gave me energy to hear you uh, say all of that because I really think there's so many opportunities that uh, that are available and that can be created, right? So that that's absolutely amazing. The second question, right, is what's the best advice you've gotten? <sighs> Interesting. Um, what's the best advice? See, I do a lot of reading. Yeah, um, I do a lot of reading. Listen to a lot of podcasts. So. I don't think it would have been advice of just kind of sitting there and listening. Mm. But I think I would probably say, and if this person ever sees this, it's going to be ridiculous because I'm, I'm not actually the biggest fan. Neither, I mean, he doesn't know who I am right now, but this is just the truth, right? I'm just being completely honest. But nonetheless, it's, you can learn from anybody, right? And he's, um, he's actually one of the largest educators in the UK. You know, I said I used to work for the number two. He's actually number one. His company anyway is number one. And he says... If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Mm. Mm. Right? And for me, that's that's so powerful. It's so powerful because people are always talking about risk. And I always say to them here in the UK, you know, what's riskier? You know, we think starting our own business, backing ourselves, it's risky. But the reality is working for the man, working for the corporate for 40 years of your life, coming at the end of that with £200 per week pension, so when you are in the most vulnerable period in your life, you earn the least you have ever earned in your life. And at that stage, it's way more difficult to do anything about it. You tell me which is the bigger risk. I'll rather risk it all now than risk it at the end. That's the way that I say it. Man, amazing. Man, amazing. And I hope our, I hope our audience caught on to that because that's so simple, but it's so big. Right, and it, it can it can change a lot. It can change a lot of you know individual lives and change communities in general. Right, this thing of playing safe, I think, has actually been the riskiest thing that many people end up doing. Right, so I, I love that. I love that you said that. And the final question is, what's the best thing about you? Um, I think my ability with people. Um, I don't know. I probably need to stop saying that because it probably sounds so arrogant. Like, I'm no, good no, people. I'm good either. people. But I've just I've seen there's I've I've seen so much evidence of it, and I've been told so many times that it, it would be you know ridiculous for me to try and say that's not the case, right? And I love people, right? I love getting to know people. I always love to give advice to people. I love to see people grow all the time, you know. And I would argue that that's a good trait, you know, because yeah. the one thing that we do have in this world right now is people always looking over people and trying to you know trying to put themselves against other people and how other people are performing and, oh, they've got that, so I want that. Oh, they've got that. I want I want them not to have it yeah. so that I can have it. It's like there's all of this madness going on in the world right now, you know, the jealousy or not wanting other people to, you know, to grow and, you know, achieve things in their life. I don't see how anyone else's success, you know, diminishes my opportunity to create a certain amount of success for myself. But that's the way people tend to look at it. So um, I, I just think, yeah, generally, I think it's it's a good trait to have. So I would say that's probably the best thing about me. Amazing, amazing. Andy Ibrahim, man, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for, you know, all the value that you've even given us, right? And if people want to reach out, how can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm on TikTok, um, YouTube, Instagram, Ibrahim Brahima. So if you look at my first name, my last name, and then wealth, Ibrahim Brahima Wealth, you know, that's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the show. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so, guys, reach out to him. Find out about what he's doing, right? And more than anything, stay inspired, right? As Ibrahim put it well, risk it. Risk it. Playing it safe is not the way. As we've seen and there's evidence of it, risk it and be inspired. Do more, right? Believe in yourselves, guys, right? This is Grow With Purpose and we are so lucky to have you, Brian. Thank you so much, right? And thank you to our audience. Thank you, my brother.